Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to this is uh, Eat Sleep Elite. This is a pre-show. We've done post-shows for the past couple of years, but this is our official World's End pre-show. And as always, I am joined by the Digital Phantom, Duke of Derbs. So... Today is kind of a it's, it's kind of a cool thing for us because we've we've I don't know experimented in the past with like doing predictions, doing this and that. I'll we've just straight up say we've done pre-shows before, and I'll be yeah. honest with you, we we did them on the same days that we did regular shows. And no offense to the regular shows, but they were just too damn good, and people prefer those. So you know they listen to those, and then they listen to the post show, and they'd be like, okay. So what we did for a long time was we started just looping them into the same show. But yep. it takes a two-hour already podcast and makes it, like, two and a half hours, which is not that big of a deal. That's why we're trying this out. Because if yeah. we have, like, I mean, these could be, like, 15, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? These prediction shows. If even that, like, they could be shorter. But, like, either way, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, guys, uh, if you are interested tonight at all, we will be doing our World's End Post Show, where I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. There's a lot of things going into tonight that, honestly... We haven't we haven't discussed predictions with each other once, but I have a feeling we haven't talked. We're going to be all over. We literally haven't <laughs> talked. This is the first time we have communicated since before the holidays. Like literally, like literally. So I mean, other than in text form, but like whatever. Yeah. So what kind of how the uh, structure for today is going to go is we're going to be talking about some of the latest news that's been going on in AEW. We're going to be giving you guys a schedule update of kind of our our upcoming couple of weeks. And just for the foreseeable future, let's start this off with kind of our schedule. And, oh, the last thing I forgot to mention was, obviously, we're doing World's End predictions and some Wrestle Kingdom predictions. So our schedule. Tonight, we got the AEW World's End post-show. Uh, post-shows are some of our favorite things to do because all we sit there and do is glaze shit up for a couple hours. It's a great time. Um, January 2nd, we're going to be back to schedule with an Eat Sleep Elite episode. where. Since we missed last week, we're going to spend some more time on the Continental Classic. And I feel like we kind of, what this tournament has meant for AEW and just what it's meant to us. We're going to do like a Continental Classic, like a thorough review of the first tournament. Which hopefully, 10 years from now, it's the main tournament that everyone focuses on in wrestling. And it's our favorite thing each year. And this and that. And, you know, with it being the first ever tournament, we're going to do a really thorough review of it. January 3rd, the following day, it is our second annual Eat Sleep Elite Awards show. We had a blast with the first one, and apparently you guys did too, because it's still one of our most viewed shows. And uh, with this year, we have the new edition of, we got Ring of Honor in there. We have AEW Collision. Um, since there's no more AEW Dark, and last year, we took pride in talking about AEW Dark. We even featured it in our show. But now we have Collision. Now we have Ring of Honor. That show is going to be a blast. And when we're talking about positivity, the award show, dude, we're just sitting there glazing everything up, like literally the entire time. And then for the first time, give me some cheese on that Ring of Honor match of the year because I'm I'm saying it now. Pay per view matches are game. Oh, a thousand percent, thousand percent. And for the first time ever for us, we've watched Wrestle Kingdom together a couple times. We've we even watched it the re- previous year, but we have never done a Wrestle Kingdom review. 
or post-show, however you want to describe it. And January 4th, we've we've discussed doing it in the past. We will be doing a Wrestle Kingdom We've discussed doing a whole new Japan-based podcast, which we could yeah. totally do. And I, if you guys want that, just hit us with a message on Twitter. Yeah, literally. Just Even let us know. if one person wants it, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll probably do it. But, like, uh, yeah, I, honestly, this is one of the only years that I've – I mean, I haven't kept up up, like, up until the World Tag League is about when yeah. I fell off. You know what I mean? Like, um, but, like – I've I've kept roughly up with it, and now, honestly, and I'll just say it like there, it wasn't like a, as far as I can un- understand a crazy amount that happened throughout that tournament anyway, other than like some potential stuff for Wrestle Kingdom, but like yeah, um, just little things here and there, and yeah, but it's yeah. been interesting enough to us this year. Sonata's title run has been fascinating, and I'm curious to see if it's going to come to an end. So I'm really excited to talk about that when we get around to it. But yeah, and so and. The January 9th, we're going to be kind of back. To, we're going to be back to our regular Eat Sleep Elite episode where we review the week of Ring of Honor and all three AEW shows. So that is kind of setting us up for the next two weeks or so, right? Kind of a schedule update now. We have been experimenting with Tuesday and Wednesday episodes. We've had people message us telling us, hey, I really like listening to your show on Wednesdays. It almost treats me as a precursor to the fall, to the upcoming week. And that's something we've been like, well, that's in a way that's kind of been our intention more or less is this serves as not only a closure to the previous week of AEW, but also kind of sets us up for the next. Hence why we typically end our shows, you know, talking about what what's coming up this week. Um, when collision was announced over the summer and when it started on Saturdays, the whole reason this really put us through a loop is we did our show on Saturdays. It was pretty construct. We most days it was Saturday or Sunday. We had it uploaded and that felt really comfortable to us. But when collision came just happened to be during football season, we're like, shit, what do we do now? And the Tuesday, Wednesday has been working for us. As you can tell, the next two weeks, we're going to be the, the second, which is a Tuesday and the ninth, which is a Tuesday. We're going to be doing that again. So that way, you know, if you check it Wednesdays, Tuesday night, whenever the hell you listen to it, that'll all work for you. So after the NFL season, which I believe is in seven weeks, so I believe seven weeks, there is going to be a lot more cleared up for collision. Weekends are going to be open more. So whether this works out with the work week with everyone, I, I mean, I was saying earlier, like, dude, you, you stream pretty much Monday through Friday. I'm going to be working Monday through Friday with school and everything. We're going to go back. I should be looking for a job in the first couple of months of the year, at least, because it's when they hire heavily. So yeah, exactly. Unless I get fucked all the way up. It's like, unless I go all the way till March and I don't find something, which, I mean, knowing me could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. You know, like, I think we, there might be some finagling that has to happen with the schedule further. And if that does have to happen because, of like, I just can't get Sundays off or something like that. Yeah. Like, whatever at that point. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the chances of me finding... Like, I don't know what the economy is going to look like going into this next year, like, in terms of, like, jobs. So I don't even know what's going to, like, yeah, pop exactly. off. We'll, we'll have to see, but hopefully that yeah. doesn't cause any wrenches to be but, thrown in, you know. So for the beginning of the entire year, we will be doing Tuesday episodes, Wednesday episodes. So whenever – it depends – honestly, depends where you live when the show uploads for us. So that's why we just kind of give you an idea of two days. Yeah. And But after that, we will go to Sundays with Collision, and I think – you know, I mean, this, who knows? It, collision could be moved to Fridays. Like, there's so many things up in the air with all of that that 
the, those are more or less just we're kind of laying out some of our tentative future plans. But yes, uh, I, I felt like we were due a, uh, giving you an update with that. And before we jump into all of our predictions, some of the we've had a lot of news this week. And um, honestly, like the weeks that we picked to not record, th- th- there was a lot of shit that went down. I'll be honest, like a lot, a lot of rumor too, like a lot of rumor. Like so, okay. Just, I know I don't know if this is in news, so I won't mean to step on it if it is. But like, there's been like heavy rumors about like three wrestlers ending up in WWE right now, and I, I got to be honest with you, I don't think they're getting all three. Like, you know, like yeah, right. People are really investing in the idea that they're going there, but you know, um, well, one thing broke this morning that I was shocked by that I don't even know if we're going to talk about, but it was you know what? Crazy. Let's start with that because I, uh, Sean Ross of Sean Ross Sapp of FIFA Wrestling, he broke a big story, and this comes off of yesterday when we saw Mercedes Monet file a bunch of trademarks. For that had to do with Monet. She also put Mon- Triple H on her like Instagram story yep, or something she's, like that. She's like, putting Triple H on her Instagram story. Everyone's wondering, is this just a bargaining plan? Like, who knows? Oh yeah, that's but, totally a Mercedes Monet negotiation tactic for sure. Whether it was intentional, like to be like get more, you know, but it, it was it was definitely meant to rile up the fans for sure. Definitely. And as of this morning or last night, depending where you live, uh, she and WWE are apparently no longer in talks. And we've had people even posting uh, references saying, "Oh, we'll keep on the lookout for her and Julia Hart." It's like, what is what does that mean? Are we how much speculation upon speculation are we getting into? Well, the other thing, God only I knows that I cannot believe. I don't know if you have this written down in there. Is that the belief that WWE is that she's going to appear elsewhere imminently? Could that be tonight? That would be insane like, if she had, like, like you know already like, set up and she's like, if they don't give me the money, I'm coming here. So Could that be fucking time. tonight? Like, who knows, dude? Um, like, during Tony Storm's match, during the TBS title match, like, wherever. Yeah. Hello. You know what would be crazy, Charlie? No, this would be the fucking move of the century. You have Athena show up on the show, right? Oh. Just, like, backstage, do an interview with her, Billy Stark. So, be, you know, because they've been saying, like, in 2024, she wants to do more AW stuff, right? They said that I'm Ring of Honor. Um... And then she just gets challenged because she's the best women's champion in the companies. And yeah. that would be pretty sick. That'd be a great first match for Mercedes. And she doesn't even have to win that, but she probably will if she does. You know what I mean? But, that would I mean, be hey, fucking awesome. An incredible way to set up Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I mean, speaking of contracts, Sean Spears took to Twitter on, on his own to reveal that he has departed AEW. This was his decision. And he said, five years of growth and personal development. He thanked everyone. And, you know, one of the OGs of the company, I would say. He was one of the first, you know, the chairman. One of the first, like, really big OG gimmicks that we had. And, um, you know, over the past year, Sean Spears has been out less and less, it felt like. Part of probably the most controversial wrestling segment in the last, like, 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, and he is no longer in AEW, so, you know, uh... FTR losing more of their boys as the week goes on, it feels like. Um, but yeah, we wish Sean Spears the best, man. He had some cool stuff in AEW. And uh, do, do you think he's uh, bound for the uh, the Fed? You think uh, he goes back and maybe works at NXT or something under under Sean? I Michael? actually don't see it. He I, might I just think be done. He might just be like, could, nowhere I've yeah. ever gone has given me the opportunities I feel that I deserve. So I'm just going to retire. He's probably made enough money. Like, and and he, like he, a Tyler Breeze type situation. They paid him well yeah. enough that he's fine and he can do what he wants and he maybe comes back. And he's a new dad, stuff, too, that we've, you yeah. know. So, so yeah. Um, 
wish him the best. If he if he pops up here and there, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And uh, I have nothing bad to say yeah. about the guy. Everything he was 100%. ever involved with, he was really 100%. good. He's a great promo. He's a great worker. If he lands somewhere else, he'll be a great guy. You know, this could be a guy that could end up in. This is going to be a weird sound, but with the way TNA has been taking themselves seriously lately, he can end up there. He's going to end up anywhere. I mean, because if I'm a, if I'm a talent like Sean Spears, and I know what TNA has done with. I'll just call him the way he's been treated mid in terms of like mid Carter, mid talent. Like that's mm-hmm. how people view him. They can take people like that and turn them into stars. You know, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, oh, yeah. I don't think he's some of the guys guy. that have been world champion there would have been other places. Not to say that they couldn't be, but I don't think they were viewed that way. So I think he could do that. I don't know if he will though. We'll see. And he's a very likable guy. So that plays into it. Um, Tony Khan had his per usual, AEW media call where um you know some topics came up and let's let's talk about some of those. One of the big ones was people asking about the devil. Like what's going on with the devil? I I'm we've seen it all over. There's people that absolutely fucking hate what's going on with the devil. What they've done. We'll, I, we'll talk about it on our show this upcoming week, but I mean, you know, MJF lost to the devil masked men. I mean, like there's certain people that are like, okay, I mean, I know we should save on? that for the review, but I just have to say them losing the championships to non, we don't even know who won. We don't, it was bad when we didn't have champions. Now we don't even know who the fuck the champions are. Like the, this storyline is losing a lot of people. And I, he alluded to tonight. We will know who it is. I, so, I want to say I fucking called that back during, like, the fucking build. I, mean, I know I've been calling that they're going to reveal it at every pay-per-view because it just felt like, well, they could if they just want to, like... I mean, it was a losses. shock when they didn't do it at the last one. We, well, I, I remember thinking they not do that, that if, 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 when, if, if they don't do it at one of these next couple of shows, they're going to have to do it at World's End because if they try and go all the way to Revolution, I mean, they can't do that. Like, it's, the only way that I think that they could have stretched this further if there was going to be another pay-per-view before like march or whatever the hell like yeah so but which there's not so there's like you can't if you stretched it that long it would just be it would be dead in the water yeah it this is one of those mystery storylines that it's got to be revealed sooner or later and unfortunately it It already feels like like fucking um, two months ago it feels yeah it's feeling like it already went too long and that's kind of unfortunate um some of the other notable quotes that he had is yeah, this probably would be a news on its own segment, but he's excited for Hiroshi Tanahashi as the New Japan Pro Wrestling president. This is a big thing. Um, he values his relationship with Tanahashi quite a bit, and he puts over his professionalism in every aspect. And we, on our most recent show, there was the the report that the Ru, the rose had fallen off the bloom for Okada and New Japan Pro Wrestling. About ten days later, this happens coincidence i think not there's also a, i saw a news bit on the timeline i don't know how true it is that uh the part of the reason why takami obari was uh was asked to step down was because uh he was okada didn't like doing business with him and and <laughs> dude sure he wasn't the only one like, wouldn't that make a, all of this is seeming to make a lot of sense right now like i, I don't even think these lines are even blurred this is probably a move how to bad keep your guy here. was from what i understand he was not as bad as the previous people who like we know what happened with uh um with uh abushi right which was not good you know what i mean like so yeah like hopefully that is solved now i i think if anybody that's a currently a wrestler could step into that role that's not okada who is i think a little too young to be like corporate corporate yet right 
But Tanahashi's at that perfect age where he's been in the business for a long time. Everybody in the company respects him. Everybody in the business respects him. And from what I understand, he's still going to be wrestling. So it's really, you're not going to see any real changes other than his schedule probably will be a little bit less than it is now because he's got other responsibilities. But yeah, I'm honestly, I can't think of a better choice other than, like I said, maybe Okada. Or maybe like if uh, Will Ospreay, like maybe he could be like your American representative, or I guess a state side representative, because even though he's not American, he speaks English. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but like, obviously that's not going to be a thing because like he's going to be an AEW. So I don't know, but uh, really, really interesting um, development in, in New Japan. And, and how how are we going to see this play out in Wrestle Kingdom? Like that also is, infl- you know, stuff like this is why Wrestle Kingdom is going to be really, really neat. You know, I would, I would like to think that he's going to leave booking decisions still up to Gato and stuff like that, because then he doesn't have to worry about, like, ooh, am I going to influence, like, I don't think Tanahashi is going to be the type to be like, make me world champion immediately. Although, you never know. It can, yeah, no, it's yeah. crazy things have happened in wrestling, you know? I think this is a really neat move, and I think we're going to see implications play out for a couple of years. I mean, essentially, in your big three wrestling companies in the world, right? Not in, you know, CMLL and AAA as well. They are huge, but they're also run by kind of wrestlers. Uh, you got Triple H with WWE. You got Danielson with AEW and Tanahashi. All these guys having massive influential roles. Hopefully, it keeps this business alive and it keeps it going. And uh, yeah, I'm really hoping when Brian Danielson retires, like from wrestling, wrestling, like he just stays in the business as like the main executive yeah. in AEW because we honestly haven't had that since Cody left as much as I love the Bucks and and Kenny obviously Kenny's unable to do anything right now and the Bucks are nowhere to be seen I'm sure they're backstage but like no we're not seeing them so it's like they're not there you know like um we need a we need a front-facing wrestler to be like Jericho is just not around enough anymore he can be that guy if Jericho was on every show still if he still had the you know um stamina to do that then he could do that and I'd be fine with Jericho being yep. that he's good at it but I think Danielson. I think Danielson is a good projection for the company uh, in terms of visually, because he's Danielson. Everyone knows who he is by just looking at him. But he's also he's just a good representative for what AEW is about. I feel like. Yeah, and it 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 just feels it feels good to have him as one of the guys in charge. Um, AEW is having a gap between pay per views. What for? What feels like finally? Uh, I, I this year they they cut down their gap significantly. And whereas 2022, we had, what, six shows? We cut shows? it down so much, we had two pay-per-views in two fucking weeks, it felt. And not even, it didn't feel like we did. Like, fuck. It was, it was insane. And AEW will, their next pay-per-view will be Revolution. And Revolution is selling hot right now. Revolution's gonna be a fucking big That's show. Sting Retirement Money. It's the Sting Retirement Show. With the, you got the Moonlight print, like, you name it. It's going to be huge. So I think this is a good decision. Let's focus more on TV. Let's do this and that. I mean, who knows? We might. We're gonna have new champions. I, I flat it flat out. We're gonna have new champions, and um, it's going to be, I think, good to have a, a really healthy build to Revolution without other shit getting in the way. But uh, while we've had people leaving AEW, we've had people signing with AEW. Tony Khan officially announced Shibata has signed with AEW. Shibata wrote, Dear Tony Khan, today I've signed the contract with AEW under permission from New Japan Pro Wrestling. In the past year, I've worked AEW Ring of Honor and I learned how wonderful the AEW is. 
This is the best environment where wrestlers can focus on fighting in the ring. And the love for professional wrestling is overflowing from Tony and all the people who work from him, work for him. I want to make AEW's ring the last endpoint of the wrestler's career. I dedicate my wrestler life to Tony Khan and AEW. Thank you, Katsuyori Shibata. What a fucking cool dude. I I gotta tell one you, one of man, the true I'm, legends of this business. Truly, uh, tr- one of the rest, one of the wrestling, one of the modern wrestling legends of the Japanese wrestling scene. I mean, you know, like you look at the trajectory of the Three Musketeers' careers. You know what I mean? One of them is the fucking goddamn president. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> one of them is now uh, arguably the most uh, like watched. I mean. Do we consider the Jap- I, mean, I guess the Japanese wrestlers that have been in there, like your your Nakamura's and so on, they can maybe be viewed as like they oh they get more eyes on them. But in terms of like like what like exposure and stuff like that, other than it's Ring of Honor stuff, but whenever they bring out Shibata, that's got to be the most eyes he's ever wrestled in front of. You know what I mean? Like for the most part. So I oh, he's had entirely new fan bases since coming to America. That's true, and I can remember saying to you a couple times throughout Ring of Honor, I hope there's some scenario where this guy's got enough left that we can get like a year or two out of him. Just purely wrestling here where we you know we don't have to have interruptions for him to go back to japan i know i complain about that a lot and i and i'm not saying they shouldn't go back and see their families obviously they should go back and see their families if they have family to see in japan and stuff like that obviously they should give up their lives unless that's what they want to do um you know like Allah, like uh i mean it seems like that's what yuka sakazaki is doing i'm sure she'll still go back and stuff but like you know like um they don't all have to do that though i just think it'd be cool if they did but um but I'm just so glad we have Shibata locked down, dude, because, and I gotta say, we just mentioned fucking uh, the Tanahashi being New Japan's new president. Do you, I don't think this is a coincidence that that happens and then this happens. I don't think that, I think that maybe Obari and people there were saying, well, we want you to wrestle there because we want to keep the relationship good with them. They made you a champion, but you're still our guy and we're not going to let you sign a contract with another company. Yep. Is it a coincidence that, like, do we think it's possible that the and only reason like why wrote, now he they has let Will Ospreay go Japan. but still kind of kept him is because they knew they were going to be a change potentially in management and that it was going to happen anyway. Like, I don't know. Like, was it one of those things? That could be why Will Ospreay decided not to resign. You know what I mean? And decided to go with AEW. I mean, I guess he's still going to be. I, I still don't understand fully the Will Ospreay contract situation. Is he still going to be in Japan? I don't know. Whatever. The point is, like, picture Aussie Open. Okay, where he's just going to bail, but he'll yeah, still have we're, a we're going to see, okay. when Aussie opens fully back, we're yeah, going to we'll see those wrestle guys in Japan, wrestle think, in yeah. New Japan. I would, I would like to think so, yeah, okay. Yeah. Kyle um, has, has gone on record multiple times saying, we are not done in Japan, because they just started really getting over in Japan, and I think they felt like they had a connection with fans. Okay, I, I'm sure yeah. I heard Kyle say that, I just probably yeah. just blocked it in my memory, Archer, I'm like, nah, he's know, ours, you can't have him, he's ours! No, anyway, um... <laughs> Exactly. So a Ring of Honor television champion. But yeah, no, I'm really excited to see what Shibata does with a full time AEW contract and I'm sure that means we're gonna see him more and there's like so many freaking matches he could have. I mean just look at the matches he's had with Wheeler and like Orange Cassidy and Oh, blah, blah, you know, godly like, amount. Yeah. It it'll that'll be fun to follow. Last little bit of news here. Unless uh anything pops up off the top of the brain. MJF's player tribune article. Going forward, whenever any of these wrestlers, we we establish this with Anthony Bowens, whenever a wrestler has a Players Tribune article, we're going to do our job and cover it because I think it they are important. You know, Eddie Kingston had the infamous "I don't belong here" one, and it's absolutely incredible. It rains to this day. It has emotion going into tonight. 
it Eddie Kingston's Players Tribune article is unbelievable. And MJF had a really, really cool one today. Um, but I'm sure way, you- before we get into this, shout outs to fucking Eddie Kingston for, for being fucking good enough and over enough that not only did he win two world titles from Tony Khan, he also made it to the finals of the first ever fucking Continental Classic. What a yeah. fucking goat. What, what a fucking dude. Like, come on. It, it truly a phenomenal story. He is. Um, so MGF, you know, even I've seen it. People have been taking this storyline, the devil one. His recent storyline, they weren't they weren't vibing with it post Adam Cole, and they've been really starting to dunk on him. It, we can see it in live time. There are people actively turning on MJF, and it's unfortunate because title reign's been fucking incredible. Now, when I say people, this might be a very very small you know fraction, but a vocal minority of wrestling fans, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He sees it, and. He's gone on to address it in this article as well as some other things. So we'll read some excerpts from this where he – some of the things he wrote. I know our fans are a little tired of this run I've been on. And for the first time since the company started, I know there's some MJF fatigue, which is fine, by the way. No one stays hot forever. Right now, though, as I'm writing this, it's Wednesday morning. It's three days before World's End. It's five days from five years of MJF and AEW, and I don't know what comes next. He's gone on to write – People are always telling me how getting bullied is part of my backstory. Nope. Fuck you. It happened. Kids threw quarters at me and told me, pick it up, Jew boy. Not a backstory. And if you think that is 80s good guy promo I was seizing a couple of paragraphs ago, it isn't. Actually, you want to know the truth? Sometimes I wonder if standing up to anti-Semitism would even be a babyface move anymore. No, for real. I legit wonder. I wonder if being a proud Jew like I am in 2023 has actually made me less popular as a wrestler. And if deep down when someone says they have MJF fatigue, what they really mean is enough with the Jewish stuff already. Honestly, don't know the answer to that. And I'm sure I'll get shit for even asking the question. But that's where my thoughts are right now. It's fear the worst. I'm a Jew in America and I'm fucking soul sick. You know, he he's MJF's addressing. And it's something we've talked about before. He MJF talks about stuff beyond the wrestling ring. He's not afraid to do it. And I I, I personally just think it's awesome of him to really kind of have these moments where not only is he allowed to do it, but in a sense, he does it because in his heart, he feels like it's the right thing to do. And I think whenever you have good motivations behind anything, it's it's the best thing you can do. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this article that uh, are really neat. But real quick, I mean, you, you actually, you sent me this. So any 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 thoughts you had on just... Uh, MJF's Players Tribune article. Yeah, it, it's a deep take, dive, like, guys. I didn't take like you know notes or anything or, or mm-hmm. grab excerpts like yeah. I probably should have. But there was a couple of things that really stood out to me throughout the whole thing, and it is long. But I do recommend that you read it because uh, MJF is actually a really talented writer. Um, he's he's pretty well spoken. Obviously, we know that, so he has to be able to write something. Obviously, first to be able to verbalize that. But um, you know, I, it, it's really worth your time, I think, because it yeah. If you're like me and Charlie right now and you're a massive fan of MJF and you understand where we are in his contract situation based on, I don't know about you, but they never said this, but my assumption back when he re-signed his deal with Tony when all that shit went down, was that this year or was that at the beginning of last year? I don't even remember. Um, 
It might have been last. I feel year. like that when, was during this summer. We we heard some some rumblings of that because he was start. He was well, in no, the really so good the, heat in storyline. I mean, like when they when they when he held up the line right. After oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Last all out. It was yeah, before so, last all out. Right. So and. By the way, we at the time we were like, I know this is probably a storyline, but if it's not, you know, he's probably right. Like he should get paid more. He's like the biggest star in the company. My assumption was that when we heard that he had resigned the deal uh, earlier this year, that that had been an extension of whatever deal he had had from his initial. I don't know if he had signed. Like I don't know what history. Okay, I'll be honest. I don't know the exact history. I don't know like if he signed like a three year deal and then like the last two years he was on a different deal or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or if he signed like a five year deal. Or if he was a part of that original five year deals. Yeah, which, he might have been a five year deal. When guy AEW because... started in twenty nineteen, that was what a lot of people were saying, like, Oh god, five years the company's not even gonna last five years. Right. I mean I do I do I do like to imagine that Tony Khan would still have paid those contracts even if the company went under or something, but you know. Um just just to be like even if he was just paying him out, like even if he wasn't like you know, paying him year on year or whatever. Anyway, um, but if, whether he was on a five-year deal, a three-year deal, and he re-signed, I do believe they renegotiated his contract this year, and it was for him to stay, basically. Like, if he hadn't, um, if they hadn't reached that deal, then I imagine MJF would have done what he theorized in storyline, which would have been probably drop the title, or maybe not even drop the title, just like, you know, uh, uh, relinquish it. He would have crowned a new champion, AW would be in shambles, and he would have gone off and not wrestle the rest of the year. Not that I think MJF wouldn't have wanted to, but I just think it would have been the smartest business move for him, right? Uh, and at least the way he does business. So I do think he was on a newer deal. Do I think that deal extended past the end of this year? I do not know. And this article starts to make me wonder because I'd thought for sure when I heard that, oh, MJF's locked in for at least a couple more years, you know, um, the, the bidding war of 2024 has already been won by Tony. It's just over, you know what I mean? But then I thought about it a little bit more. And they don't, I don't think, necessarily have to change the years on a contract to change the amount that it's for, I don't think. I mean, I, I could be wrong about that. But yeah. I would assume you could be like, no, I'll just pay you this extra money on the outside of this contract. It's not guaranteed. We'll write it up a separate way. You know, maybe you just write up something. I don't know how contracts work. I don't know how set in stone they are. But maybe they just manipulated the numbers. And uh, But basically what I'm getting at here is we don't really know, especially after this article, what MJF's situation is in five days. It could be the yeah. end of his contract. Yeah. We don't know. Um, so keep that in mind as you read this because it could be one of the last times that we get this level of honesty from MJF about AEW because I'm not saying the guy's never going to talk about it. Cody does, and he doesn't get in any trouble for it. But I think it'll be one of those things where much like Cody has tried to sort of distance himself from the stuff he did over there as part of, you know, uh, his character in WWE. I feel like that's going to be a similar thing if MJF were to go there. So this might be one of the last times you get his opinions about some of these people, you know, um, some of the things that he said that I want to yeah, highlight, he, he highlighted fun. three people specifically in this, which were Mox, Jericho and Danielson. He really heavily glazed them up in this. Um, and I think deservedly so. He named a lot of people, not just those three, but those were the ones he hammered home about. Um, he said some things about Jericho that I think were straight up true. I think Jericho gets way more. I think it is the popular thing to hate Jericho. Now, I know everybody says that now, but it is. I mean, how often do you see true. people posting memes about you know, Judas? They're like, oh, here we go. I mean, if you can't get behind singing Judas when you're at an AEW show, you have no fucking soul. But I mean, like um that's just the truth like you should be singing judas tell that motherfucker retires but um 
But like, I think the thing that he hit on the most is that, yes, there were people like the Bucks and Kenny that maybe could have done something TNA-esque, right? Where they had a big company run by some indie guys, right? Who have the support of a billionaire, so they have a lot of opportunity, but they just don't have the star power. Chris Jericho was that star power, that legitimacy. I 100% agree with that. It's definitely what turned my head. I didn't even think the AAW had a chance. And then I saw Chris Jericho and I was like, wait, Jericho? The guy who like will bail out on a company when he doesn't like the story he's getting is going to hitch his fucking wagon to this shit? Okay, it must be fucking good then. Yeah, right? I mean, um. it, it, it's it's about as legit as you get. I mean, the only person that could have further legitimized them would have been like if... I, I it would have to have been like a top a, a WWE star or one of the New Japan legends. Like Dan- I mean? if Danielson like, was there day one. Yeah, if Danielson had been like, yeah, I want to see what this is going to be. That's the only like further legitimization you could have. Or if, if CM Punk returning was the first signing they had or something like that. Those yeah, are the only yep. three that even would be in the same stratosphere. Um, it was a very, very big deal. And, and then um, you have John Moxley, who then I would argue kind of redefined what it meant to be an AEW wrestler in a lot of ways. Um, he doesn't say these specific things, but what he talks about in there is much about how Mox had everything in WWE. He could have just coasted out his career the rest of his, if he wanted to just doing crappy storylines and winning world titles and so on. He'd done everything he could have possibly done in his career though, for the most part over in the other company. And he could have continued to do that, but he decided to take a risk and try and become something greater than he'd ever been at the top of the, you know, the industry. And I would argue now that he is literally one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's no, no question. You hear us talk about it all the time, but at the end of the day, it's because he made that decision to be himself and to not, you know, just, he didn't care about making the money and all that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if he cared yeah. about... I think John Moxley would wrestle the way he wrestles. I'm not saying he wouldn't do it for money. I think he's in it for the money to an extent. I think everybody is. But I think if he was, like, financially set and didn't have to worry about that anymore, I think he'd still want to wrestle, you know? I genuinely believe that. Maybe I'm wrong, but... um, But who knows? And then, um, I mean, I don't need to talk about Brian Danielson. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. Um may go down as the greatest wrestling executive of all time if he decides to go that way. And uh, I don't think AEW still exists if Brian Danielson doesn't show up two years ago. I'm going to be honest with you. I think uh, CM Punk shit still goes the same way. And there's not somebody like that in the locker room that can handle that. And everything falls apart a lot sooner. Definitely would have been fractured more than it even was. I mean, he's got to be the glue holding it together at this point. Him and the combat club, like, I... So, yeah, but just MJF saying some really cool stuff about those guys. Talking about some really difficult subjects to talk about, especially for somebody who's been through anti-Semitism, clearly, like he has in his life. And he's, you know, doing that outside of wrestling thing, like you were saying. I really recommend reading this. Um, It gives you some view into MJF's personality and psyche outside of wrestling, which you don't get to see that often. And he's really honest about the state AEW's in right now, which makes me kind of sad because even the people within the company recognize it. And we're kind of at what, what we would call an inflection point. Things after this pay-per-view are mega important for AEW because yeah. they don't get off on the right foot for 2024. It can which, spell disaster. It, absolutely. And that kind of ties into something I wanted to mention with the Tony Khan uh, media call where he was saying that 
the Continental Classic was essentially an experiment for them. And it was it was among the ideas of should we roll more with a sports oriented product or kind of the more bring back match statistics, let's go. And entertainment that they've that they were doing. That the devil storyline is a fucking this is this is an experiment. We are watching an experiment play out. They're doing them both at the same time for a purpose. Is the devil shit the most WWE storyline they've done? It might be, like or at least most like who it knows? Is, it does I feel will, very much like Vince's illegitimate son type shit. You know what I mean? Like not it, that it, bad, obviously, but like that level, like the yeah, raw I mean, GM. You, look, know what I mean? you like, can you can look at retribution. I mean, essentially, this is retribution with with a face at the front. You know, this is retribution, but I can stand the build. <laughs> yeah, God, it, when oh man, yeah, that was a fucking that was fun. Jesus, that was a nightmare. Retribution, um, where they had a bunch but, of randoms who weren't in the group putting this shit. <laughs> but in in that media call, he went on to say that. They are going to focus more sports-oriented following the success of the Continental Classic. What does that mean in January going forward? We have to we have, we got to stay tuned to find out because I saw someone saying, "Oh God, a tournament every month." That's not what that means. No, he just means but that it's maybe be more about the wrestling and less about the story. Maybe we can jump into a complain about AEW anyway. So I can't wait for when he does that and they say, "Wow, AEW does too many stories again." And and we've seen recently a shift and more of a focus on women's storylines. So so much so as we're now running a women's – we have a second women's Ring of Honor title. This is a big thing. And we – I'll tell you what I want to say. And I haven't really seen anyone really talk about this too much. Let's run a Continental Classic with the women. I – they can do it. And I'll tell you what. It would be fucking Ooh, you know, be huge cool. if, if you, you announced wish, that Mercedes uh, is in there. I wish the Owen Hart wasn't in, like, the first, like, what, what part of the year does that take place in? Did they move it to the summer or something? Because I yeah, feel like May. it was May. It's in May. Uh, I wish there was barely, there's barely enough time if you wanted to run the Women's Continental Classic, like, right after the main one during the beginning of the year lead up to Revolution. Because there's just enough time with the, with the time gap, you know what I mean? Let the women dominate January. That would we be We just cool. had the return of Thunder Rosa. We, you, you can do it for the world the championship, Classic, bro. After instead off instead of another injury. title, oh you God. change the name and you do it for the women's championship. And I'll tell you what, you got Mariah May here now. The return of Thunder Rosa. If you announce that Mercedes Monet is the first fucking participant, dude. Or imagine they get a stardom deal and they get one of their lesser championships, yeah. and then they get a deal with fucking uh, get get Julia for the New Japan Strong title. There's options here, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. And There's they can fucking do it. Women's title, and if they're getting rid of the strong titles, maybe they get rid of that one. Uh, and then I know yeah. your first champion is, bro. Mercedes. Come on. Come on. There ah. are an unlimited amount of championship anyway, so. Yeah. So um, I think I would really like to see that announced tonight, that we're running some sort of Continental Classic with the women. Because, my God, if you're going to focus and do a shift of getting women on TV more, we have. Bro, they just made a new wrestlers. championship for the Ring of Honor Women's Division. If they don't understand what they have in their women's, and I've said this repeatedly, Charlie, Announce I love the Ring of Honor tournament. Women's Division. It's great, but the talent pool comparatively to the AW one is just—it's starting to be more balanced out with people like Nyla Rose going over and Ty Valkyrie going over there. But my God, the, the embarrassment of talent they have in the AW Women's Division that they just don't use is disgusting. Yep. Sometimes, like it—it it would be. More beneficial than I, I think he even realizes. So I hope that happens. Um, that being said, guys, kind of the last little leg of our show is we're going to do some predictions. 
Um, real quickly, we're just going to fly through these. We're going to do some Wrestle Kingdom 18 predictions. Like I said, we don't have an incredible amount of knowledge of the storylines going into this, but <laughs> you know, it's going to be a I little mean, different. There's going to be world's... a match of the year candidate on the fourth day of the year. So it's fine. hundred percent. Yep. And so uh world's end predictions will be more thought out, but here we go. Wrestle Kingdom. You ready? We're going to do a tag team match for the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team championships where current champions, bullet club, war dogs, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney face catch 22 TJP and Francesco Akira. I got, Catch twenty two. First of all, up. that match is gonna slap. First of and that's all, that's gonna. It's most likely gonna open the show. It's gonna be yeah. Incredible. That match is gonna be fucking insane. Um. So I'm going TJP and Akira. Ooh, how long have uh, War Dogs been champions? Do we know? War Dogs have been champions. For That'll influence my answer because New Japan Strong, t- or, well, New Japan Strong, New Japan Tag Title runs are not usually super long. From what I, they are on 179 days. That's just long enough. So you know, I think they get to like 130 plus though. I think they like those guys. I'm going with the okay. Dogs here. Okay, I like it. I like it. The Driller um, singles match for the NJB- NJPW World Television Championship: Zack Saber Jr. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who you that, got? That is also gonna. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, this card looks so good. Um, I looked a little bit at this card. It looks insane. Um, I I think Tanahashi knows what he has in Zack Sabre Jr., so I think Zack retains here. I think Zach, I don't know who the fuck Zack's ever dropping this championship to. I <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, gonna honestly. drop it. He's gonna drop it to Tanahashi. Hey, and maybe I mean your president this is, is your TV the champion. year. I mean, hey, why not this twenty twenty four? I'm literally giving you an opportunity. <laughs> I'm telling my guess right now, 2024 is the year Zack Sabre Jr. wins the big dog, the big title in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Dude, I'm so down. They need I champions. Think, yep. I think the World Television Championship proved it. He's the guy. We got a, a special singles match Yoda Suji versus Yuya Uemura. I am going with Suji. Yeah, he's been on a run since he came back. I think that's fair. Yeah, Yoda yeah. Suji. Uh, a special tag team match, Shota Umino and from Noah, Kaito Kiyomaya versus the House of Torture, Evil and Ren Narita. I, I would like to think that uh, the guy from, um, the guy that Kiyomiya, or how do his name? Yep. Kaito. Um, I'd like to think that he's going to win here because it's a big show. Yep. Um, but New Japan loved fucking House of Torture and Evil. They and, love those fuckers. And they love to let them cheat and win. So I think it's a really competitive match, but House of Torture, like, beat up the ref or something. You know, like... Okay, okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna take Shooter. I'm taking... Sh- uh, I'm gonna take the Shooter team. Okay. We got a singles match for the open... Never open weight championship. Shingo Takagi versus Tamatonga. Shingo Takagi is the champion. I am going with him. Yeah, he's unstoppable right now with that thing. I I don't know who's ever again. I don't know who's ever taking it off of him. Maybe somebody who peels it off of his corpse. Like I don't know. Like yeah, we have a winners take all tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championship and the Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship. Bishamon are the are the IWGP champions, and Gorillas of Destiny, Haiku Leo, and El Fantasma are the Strong Openweight Championships. I'm going with ELP and Haiku Leo. I think uh, yep. those guys have gotten to a point that New Japan's really happy with them. Bro, ELP was and, like on uh, the chopping block for a little bit there. <laughs> like, and I think I think they're really happy with where he's at, and giving them the tag titles could push them to that next level. That's fair. I, I think I agree with that. 
Especially if they're just going to like melt those other championships into the tag titles. Cause I don't think they're, I think, I, I think it'd be really smart if they do do that women's continental thing. Just like if they need to get rid of some of these strong titles, cause they don't want to do anything with it anymore. Like yeah, blend them together. doesn't yeah. hurt. Singles match for the IWGP junior heavyweight championship. We've got the current champion, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Another fucking slapper. Um, I'm going to go, uh, Hiromu retains. LOL. Yeah, no, I, 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 Despy's not beating this reign. It's no way. Like, yeah, I think, are we both going to be rooting for Despy here? I, I feel like. I, oh, yeah, Despy. If Despy yeah. wins it, it's great for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Tana, or Takahashi can go on to do other stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, him as a non-champion in one of those uh, Super Junior tournaments is always something exciting to watch, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely root for Despy. He's definitely uh, one of those ones that got over for me in that tournament, you know. Um, that tournament had such an effect on me this year, dude, that it's going to make it into my fucking awards show this year. Like, that's Oh, how let's crazy. go. Let's like, go. It, there's a person from that tournament that is going to be getting an award for me this year, like, and I'm not changing it. And some crazy shit would have to happen for me to change it, like, last minute. Like, all oh, the shows yeah. are in for the year for AEW, so that might be chalked already. You know what I mean? Like, um, We have a three-way match for the inaugural IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. This is replacing the United States Championship, which basically replaced the Intercontinental Championship. So we're starting another title from new. Will Ospreay, John Moxley, David Finley three way match. Uh, who you got? Who I'm very. Who do well, you have? Considering Will Ospreay is not going to be in the company, um, and Moxley's well. there sometimes. I would think David Finley. Okay. Leader of Bullet Club taking the first title. I, God, this is hard. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take They've John They've also been Moxley pushing here. him like crazy ever since they he have. took over. Like, they have. And, and since it, before, it, honestly. like It all started from the New Japan Cup last year, which is in January again. So I'm going to take John Moxley here. I have a feeling that they... I just, I, I don't know, just uh, based solely off vibes, I'm going John Moxley. We can't have another AEW guy that doesn't carry the championship he has from Japan around, bro. That's, we can't. It <laughs> killed me when Kenny did that, bro. Like, Hopefully Moxley carries it, but yeah, God only knows. Uh, and a special singles match, Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson. Whoa. Uh, I... I'm going to go Okada here. Yeah, no. Danielson Okada, picked up the back. victory before. Run it back. Run it back yep. Forbidden Door 2 or 3, whatever. Yeah. Singles match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Sonata as champion versus Tetsuya Naito. Will he defeat his mentor? Who you got? Sonata retains. Oh, okay. Okay. My 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 booking for Sonata is all the way to the cup next year, and then he loses it to Okada, who has to fucking scratch and claw his way through the cup. Okay, I really like that idea. Uh, um, oh wow, this is hard. Because then you I... set up match three for Wrestle Kingdom at the cup. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. I am going to go with Tetsuya Naito. I think he finally gets his main event moment. He gets the win in the main event that he's in. And uh, we set we start the year with him as the world champ. And it'll, uh, that'll be fun to see. Um, but yeah, that's it for our Wrestle Kingdom predictions. So now, 
Let's end the pre-show with with the best. By the way, how how is how is our boy fucking? Uh, oh, what's his name? The guy that was uh, fighting. Uh, so when did uh, the KOPW championship switch back? Did I did I just miss that at some point? Like, oh yeah, uh, what's his? Um... Uh, tai, tai Chi was our champion about last time I was watching, so well, I'm surprised he's not on the show at least. So he's usually good. Like, I wonder if yeah, he's probably going to be in that uh, little battle royale thing they do in the pre-show. Oh, that's right. He probably, he probably will be. Here. Yeah, they'll right. just they just throw people in there. Um, he is still. We could see Watto in that. He is the official champion, the 2023 champion. So, um, yeah, maybe I don't know. That's a good. That's a good call. Let's keep an eye on that. And yeah, so I uh, I just deleted my thing. Okay, AEW World's End. Here we go. We have three zero-hour matches announced. First match, it's it's a friendly exhibition match. Chris Statlander versus Willow Nightingale. I am going to go with Statlander. Yeah, I mean, uh, did, did you see the uh, where uh, AEW women's wrestlers fucking TikTok that they did? Oh yeah, yep, that, that was, was pretty comedy. good. Ooh, both after, after that, I think Chris is winning for sure. <laughs> FTW rules match for the FTW championship on Zero Hour. Last time this happened, it set off a fucking domino effect that I don't think anyone ever in the world could have predicted. Hook as champion versus Wheeler. Yuda, I got Hook retaining. Yeah, I don't. I, I, this is the problem with Hook, right? Is like he'll be probably somewhat over with the crowd, or there could be crickets. Who knows? Um, but like, I don't know. I think Hook is probably one of the biggest disappointments for me as someone that's watched AEW because they just do nothing with the kid. You know, like just he there. could be something. I feel like, but like. I just feel like he never does anything, and then he gets these matches, and then like they're like, "Oh, it'll be on the pay per view uh, on the pre show though." And it's like, is Hook just a, is Hook literally just a preliminary wrestler? Like, can he not make? He's made a pay per view card before. I feel like, like, yeah, I, yeah. So, but uh, um, I, I think he probably retains. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Participants to be announced. We have a twenty man battle royal for a future AEW TNT Championship match. Okay. Is there anyone off the top of your brain where you're like, yeah, they're getting a little bit of a push right now. I could see them winning this. Lock it in. AEW TNT no. Championship match. So my prediction for this is we get a fucking debut here. And it's either Ooh. Mustafa Ali or uh, Big Dolph. Oh, yeah. Oh, give me Ali. Yeah, give me Ali winning this thing. But if I had to predict somebody that's actually in the company, I could see somebody like uh, Darby Allen winning this. Okay. And then he gets his shot on the Sting retirement show. Unless he's going to be in the match with Sting, which then obviously at that point he can't. But if they want to just throw a random, hey, it's anytime, anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily be on that show. He could literally do it wherever, you know? But then, I'm, going... oh, I'm just thinking in my head, there's a storyline you could write where Sting's like, Darby, I know you have a shot anytime, anywhere, but I'd really like for you to wrestle on my last show. So if you could guarantee that, you know, like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of hope Sting gets a singles match. I know that sounds crazy, but like, doesn't that feel like that's what he should go out on? Since that's what his career was defined by. Oh, agreed, agreed. I do want him to go out on a singles match. I am. I, I'm going back and forth in my head on a couple people, and 
I'm gonna I'm gonna land on because I, I I'm hoping they're facing a new champion. I am going to land on Kanosuke Takeshita winning this. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. But the other one I keep battling with is Roderick Strong. Right, we've seen a lot of them lately. It would make sense for him to get a win here to maybe face Copeland or face Christian Cage. That would make sense. But I got to imagine we got to get Takeshita back in somehow, man. Like. He beat Kenny Omega what twice this year? Seriously, what what's going on? Nah, uh, I, I again, I know I'm supposed to wait till the 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 second to talk about the fucking regular shows, but like Sammy Guevara hit it on the fucking head on on uh, on Dynamite this week when he was talking to Don Callis and he said that you know uh, Kanosuke Takeshita beat Kenny Omega twice and fucking Will Hobbs beat Chris Jericho, but nobody remembers it because you made it all about you, which is kind of a shoot. A brutally, brutally fucking true. Brutally true. Yep. So, yeah. There's a couple options for you guys there. Also wouldn't be mad if someone like Commander won this, you know? Get him a get him yeah. a pay-per-view dub. Kingo, you know, something. Yeah. The return of Jack Perry. Who knows? I love your idea of a debut. Yeah, that that's feels what like I'm, fitting to me, you know. That's what I'm hoping for. Give me, give me, in a while. What was the last Give me Nick Nemeth, had, man. Let's get it. I don't think anyone's going to be mad at that. When Nick Nemeth last, versus Copeland? Who was our last debut? It was Adam, right? Yeah, it was Copeland. So if they want to throw another one at the end of the year, if, if we're not getting Mercedes tonight, you know, like. God, I hope tonight's fucking vibes are high. All right. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Championship final of the AEW Continental Classic for the inaugural Triple Crown Championship. The Ring of Honor World Championship, the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship, and the inaugural AEW Continental Championship. Charlie. Rivals: Eddie Charlie. Kingston versus John Moxley. Not even rivals, best friends turned bitter rivals. Essentially, like there are eighteen thousand stories in this match. Duke. So there's who a title is winning that was this championship upon the guy that held the triple crown before. That John Moxley is very fond of Charlie. It's called the Ace. I think it's time for the Ace to wear the Continental Crown in AEW. <laughs> yes. John Moxley, our first champion. John Moxley holding New Japan Gold, holding the Ring of Honor World Championship for the first time in his career. Sounds too goddamn good to be true. But it's I got John Moxley. I'm with you. Let's start this year off with the Blackpool Combat Club holding this gold. Let him go. I don't even know if you factor this in. Let him go to Wrestle Kingdom with this championship, right? Yeah, I mean, he should. It's got a New Japan Championship involved with it, so he absolutely should. I hope this is the sexiest title belt we've ever seen. I, I kind of hope they have figured out a way to do, you know how like with the Triple Crown, they literally had all three belts and they had them held together in a way that like you could hold them separately, but you could like literally hold them, like yeah. reach it. I, I hope they work something out like that because it would be kind of cool. Or it, they may just come up with like one championship that represents all three, which might be the case. And if that's the case, I hope that's good. it. And it's it's yeah, literally it like good, diamond is fucking ruby. Like, oh. yeah, dude, red. I want I want rubies on it with Give gold. Give me accents. Give me, okay, here's what you do. You know how New Japan Championships have that certain color of gold? Give me that color of gold. Yes. Give me, like, a black or a white strap, probably the black strap, and then, black. like, the rubies and the, and the other stuff that you would see on, like, 
and then maybe like some accents of some stuff you would see on AEW titles in there. Just like yes, mold we have them that, all together. That red from Ring of Honor. Yeah, like exactly. Yes. Yeah. Get, get yes. That could be good. If they make this championship, it could be fucking beautiful. But uh, you know, and AEW so, likes to make beautiful championships. So, so that being said, we both predicted John Moxley. Are you rooting for John Moxley or Eddie Kingston? Oh, I'm, I'm, bro. Eddie finishing this fucking story would be incredible. I, I honestly, okay. I'm not rooting for either of them. I'm rooting for a fucking great match. That's what I'm rooting for because the two of them are. Gonna I love that. The fucking I love that. Down. Okay, I love that. A singles match for the AWTBS Championship: Julia Hart versus Abaddon. I am going Julia Hart. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a little too. It's kind of like the uh, the old. Like, uh, you know, whenever someone would win a championship type deal, like, she just won this. So, I don't think she's dropping it to Abaddon right away. I don't know if there's enough, like, legs to that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But they could run I, I've enjoyed team. this feud, though. Yeah, it's great that we've had a secondary, I hate to call it that, but it is, a secondary women's feud, you know what I mean? Like, um, a second, like, a mid-card women's feud, and for a championship. And we're going to start seeing this more in Ring of Honor and stuff, too, so... I I am very excited uh, for this match because I actually think this is one of those sleepers that everyone's gonna be like, okay, this will be good, and they'll put it in a spot where they don't expect it to do crazy, and it'll actually make the next match harder to have because they're, you know, give, Abaddon, give me twelve minutes. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Give me twelve minutes. Uh, yeah, give give this a little bit of time. Not seven. I they let them cook. Let um, them cook. Eight man tag team match: Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Kanosuke Takeshita, Powerhouse Hobbs. Versus less sex gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, Sting and Darby Allen. This is the easiest one of the night. Sting and Darby Allen. Yeah, they're, they're don't bet yeah. against Darby on Pape. That's nope. that's yeah. pretty solid. Uh, you know, if if they do prize picks on matches, uh, there's your prize pick. Pick Darby. Yeah, yeah. fucking review. You probably get a good chance of hitting the fucking a little uh, uh, a little reunion Jones here with with Hobbs and Ricky though. Ricky, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Um, that could be what match. causes the match to fall apart for the heels. Ooh, singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Timeless Tony Storm with Luther versus Riho. Talk to me. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do here. Um, we always have the discussion with Riho and and uh, Sheeta. It's like, are they going to be here for a week or two, or are they going to be here for the long haul? Um, we know Yuka's coming full time. Oh my god, that's another one of the Continental Classic. Yep, Yuka's going to um, be here this month. Yep, this upcoming so. month, she's here. So yep yep yep. So with I mean with that in mind, you might want to put it on Riho, and then you have that be a match, right? Um, Could be, but I mean, honestly, I think that timeless Tony Storm is just too over with the crowd right now. I think Riho just maybe it was a bad time for her. Not that she would have not known this coming in. Like I think it was it just it wasn't. It's not the time for Riho to be champion again right now. Um, okay. So I think timeless Tony Storm retains here. Um, I like that. I like that. I just, I don't know what else you would do with it. Like, I don't know where you would go with Tony Storm because what led her to this point was losing and stuff like that when she's supposed to be winning. So uh, unless she's going to delve even further down into the character, I don't see where that goes. Yeah, I think it just, I don't really know where else you would I go I think, yeah, I feel like we're just scratching the surface with Timeless Tony Storm and they made the decision to put the title on this character. I'm keeping the title on this character. I hope we don't get into, like, Jamie Hater territory, though, where, like, it became so obvious that the fans wanted Jamie over Britt as champion that they had to take the championship off Britt and put it on somebody else because they didn't want to run that match and then, like, devalue Britt yeah. by increasing, t- you know. So, like, I wonder if we run into that problem with Tony Storm and Mariah. Like, maybe you need to break them off from each other sooner rather than later um, as, like, 
partners or like I guess like acquaintances. Just hey, but we we love those duos. They they love having duos in the women's division. It is true. They love it. So yeah, trios too. I mean, Harley Cameron joining with Soraya and Ruby, right? So oh yeah, 100%. they they love it. Uh, no disqualification match for the AEW TNT Championship. We're gonna change here. I, I got Adam Copeland winning the title. I I have a feeling that they know that this storyline is again, it's not over. I, I don't think we're just dropping this like Bro, it's what hot. What if they open the show with this and then Adam Copeland wins the battle royal? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think I think we're gonna see Copeland win here, and I think it's uh, gonna be a cool name to have in the legacy of AEW of holding this title. He'd certainly be the, uh, the probably the biggest star to ever hold the TNT championship. Is that going too far? Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to think, where is he along with Cody? Right. You know, Cody, since Cody started the company, you got to think. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. I'm saying like, in I, terms I, of legend, I think he's the biggest legend to hold the title so far. He's a certified hall of famer. He is a hall of famer in WWE, right? Yes, he, he was. If he's not. He was a he hall, he's, be. been, he's been a Hall of Famer since like 2011 or 12, 13, yeah, something like that. Same. Like, so he's a Hall of Famer. So who you got, Copeland or Cage? Yeah, I think I think Adam wins here. I think okay. Adam. Adam. Yeah, yeah. I think Adam wins God, here. our brains oh. are fucked. <laughs> um, singles match: Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee. We're finally doing it. Um, only twelve months later. Only twelve months later, I got Swerve Strickland. Swerve, motherfucking Strickland. Yeah, man. Easy man should, all right, I'll say it. Swerve should have won the tournament. I'm sorry. He should have. I'll but say if, it. If the only reason he didn't is because he's going for the world title next, I'm cool with it. Other than that, I agree with you. Uh, agreed, but I, I, but yeah, I think Swerve wins here. So I think there'll be okay. some consolation prizes handed out for people that were in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, speaking of that. Miro versus Andrade Alidolo with CJ Perry on Andrade's side. Unfortunately for Andrade, he pulled the he pulled the Miro card. So I think uh, I think he's probably not winning here. Honestly, I, I, it okay. would be such a derail to fucking Miro, bro, for him not to win Andrade over Andrade here after they built him up, bro. If they do that to Miro again, bro, he might be chalked. It might be over. Like, yeah. Uh, and there's you know MJF in his, in his article talked about people parachuting. Is Miro, Miro one of these guys? Uh, if he is, I'm putting Andrade over. That being said, I, I got I'm, I'm so fucking stuck on this because Andrade, even Tony mentioned, he's got momentum following this tournament. He's got momentum. Does he lose to fucking Miro? Ah, Jesus. This is a tough that one. excuse to go wrestle in CMLL for a Isn't this one of those, this is one of those matches where it's like, the winner. And I wish I didn't know matters. that he was working with the Mexican promotions more again, right? That he mended those fences. Because if I didn't know that, I wouldn't think he was going to lose here. I think there's no way he's going to yeah, lose. Yeah, Andrade just main evented in front of 16,000 people. So if he wants he's to go a, do he's more a draw. that, then this would be a great time for him to, you know, dip out. He just had a really great run in AEW. He's going to probably have a banger with Miro at the pay-per-view. Probably Miro's best match that we've seen since he's been in AEW, you know? And... Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm going Miro. I'm going Miro. It pains me because I I really want 2024 to be one of the years where Andrade touches some gold in this company, but I he'll be at Revolution. He'll be on the show that his fucking father-in-law is going to be on. Maybe we finally sure. do him and Roosh in a blood match, like a legit blood feud. Let's let that cook on collision. Or I don't maybe know. you we'll have see. Ric Flair turn on fucking Sting in his last matches with Andrade. That would be incredible. I think Andrade has already proven yeah. that he can wrestle with older dudes and keep him alive. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that'd be cool. 
We have the Blackpool Combat Club. Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, alongside Daniel Garcia and Mark Briscoe. Facing Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh. This is an eight-man all-star tag from members of the Continental Classic. Brilliant way to put it. Um, This is going to get like 25 minutes or something, I feel like. (laughs) Daniel Garcia had a tweet where he said, I'm where I belong. Oh. Well. Is I think this is a fucking bloodbath and that... Daniel Garcia, like how he proved that he can win, right, is going to fucking prove that he's able to be a part of the Blackpool Combat Club in this match by maybe, I don't know who he'd have to pin in this match. Maybe submitting. Submitting Brody King. That would be something. And then uh, Mark Briscoe or Jay Lethal are probably taking the pin here, right? Safe to say. More than likely, but if he does that, then I think we slap him in at the end of the match. Let him submit someone, man. I'm in. Tap, tap Brody. Then Brian Danielson slaps the shit out of him. And here we go. Our main event singles match for the AEW World Championship. MJF versus Samoa Joe. Um, just to get the exact number, MGF has held this title for 405 days going into tonight. Longest AEW title reign. Greatest AEW title reign, I'll say it. It's it's a Greatest, fact. yeah. He's he's beaten it by 60 days now. Um, I, I, I'm going to go... And and I genuinely think I'm I mean this. I'm going with Samoa Joe. I have a feeling that, and I know they did the show ending thing with him holding the title again, and people are like, oh, there we go again, just like he did with Brock. No, no, no. I think starting 2024 off, playing into this MJF contract rumor stuff might be beneficial for them. Um, I think his title reign, I, I think it's time for it to be over 400 fucking five or six days, whatever the total is once, uh-huh. they, once it ends. Right. It is like you said, the best title reign we've ever had. MJF is a certified star. He can win the title again. I think Samoa Joe needs to be an AEW world champion more than MJF does. And I think the people in the back know that. Samoa Joe was pitted as the final boss of Collision. And he did fucking well in it. All in, he he put over Punk. You know, you name it. He, twice? He, Didn't he put over Punk yeah. twice? Yeah, and, and Punk's last match was with Samoa Joe. And I... I really hope Samoa Joe gets the keys. And I don't... We, I've said it before. I don't think the people that beat... MJF and that beat Roman Reigns. I don't think their title reigns are going to be long. Like I don't think we're going to immediately jump into another 400 day reign for MJ- for Samoa Joe or if Cody or fucking Punk whoever beats Samo- uh, Roman Reigns. I don't think we're immediately jumping into a 500 day title reign. I think they're going to be relatively shorter reigns. Or Cody drops it to Logan Paul on fucking Di- or not Dynamite fucking Monday Night Raw, Raw. right? Like like I could see Samoa Joe having like a three four month reign, and I think that would. I've just I've laid out all my reasons why, 
and I I got Samoa winning this. I think I think it would be really good for his legacy too. So before I give my answer, let's I'm going to throw some things at you, including a conspiracy theory. Okay, talk to me. I'm going full Roder- Roderick Strong with this, Charlie. Anyway, ah. um, so the first thing I'm going to throw at you is that Samoa Joe dropped the Ring of Honor World Television Championship for this feud, which tells me that he believes there is something greater for him at the other end of this, no matter what that is and how far away yes. it is, right? Yep. World title Agreed. makes the most sense for me at that point. Um, with the caveat that he might go after the Ring of Honor world title, a part of the Continental uh, Continental title, you know what I mean? He might, might, might maybe do that, you know, if he wants to stay Ring of Honor. Maybe. Don't think that's going to yeah. happen, though. I think he did that time already. Already the longest reigning television champion. Don't think he needs any more accolades to bring him honor at that point. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, here's some other things I want to throw at you. Way in the back, in the build up to, was it all out or what show did they fight at? Was it was the wasn't Wrestle Dream? Was it which show was it? Who MJF and Smojo? Yes. Um, Let me get that for you right now. But uh, I just don't remember off the top of my head. Just just so that I get the the pay per view right. When they were in that build for that. When yeah. MJF initially ignored Joe. He told him that if he did not give him what he wanted, things were going to start going bad for him, right? Yep. Just this episode of Dynamite recently, we had confirmation that at least very recently, the devil got to Joe. You know what I mean? It was a Dynamite they had the match. Dynamite 207, AEW Grand Slam. Okay, so it was a Dynamite. You're right, you're right. It was Grand Slam. Okay, I thought it was a pay-per-view, but... You know, it was one of those things where it probably felt like a pay-per-view match. It it felt like a pay-per-view, yes. Yep. Um, Anyway, the point is... um, And Grand Slam's supposed to be like one anyway, right? So, anyway. But anyway, so... Further into the conspiracy... Basically, the conspiracy I'm getting at here is... Did we... Did Joe get paid off? I guess this is what... I'm asking you a question, Charlie, based on what happened this week. Okay. Did Joe get paid off by the devil to allow MJF to get beat up, right? Because it benefited okay. him. Or yep. was Joe the devil the entire time? And he had someone standing in for him, right? That's essentially... They're going to unveil it. It's going to be yeah, like everybody that's been in the mask or the masks, whatever, you know, the ski mask yeah. slash the black gear, you know, um, has just been a henchman. I'll be honest with you. I don't really think it's... I don't think I, I think I think it's more likely that Joe just, you know, got paid off or he just was involved. Like he didn't care at this point. Like he's already like there's nothing he can do, so he's just accepting it at this point, right? He'll do what he does for a buck, you know? Right. You know, one and, Bill Phil, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know what exactly the storyline is here. If those were the case, you know, I love to spin my little conspiracies every now and then. If that was the case and there's not going to be some new person or someone we're not expecting to be the devil, then, then I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's so hard to tell because the players tribune already makes me want to say, okay, MJF is losing here. But I mean, like, yeah. I honestly don't know if Joe is going like, to, I don't know what they want to do with like, I'm trying to think who Joe would feud with next. Cause you can't, I don't think you can run it back with MJF. I think MJF, if he loses, whether he's staying with the company or not, has to take some time off after this. Well, we got to figure out who the devil plays into this. Well, is yeah, it Adam Cole? Is he immediately feud with Adam Cole? Does MJF feud with Adam Cole? Like, it doesn't feel like the right time to take it off of MJF because of that, because we still have this hanging thread of who the devil is. Now, you don't need the championship for that feud to be 
big, but it feels like that was the reason why whoever was attacking him was attacking him was because he was world champion, not just... Again, you could always just yeah. be like, oh, it's because they actually hate him, though. It doesn't have anything to do with the championship. But it's like, well, then... You could literally just run Samoa Joe and Swerve. I, you could do It that. might be that easy. It might know? be that easy. And they'd have a great match. I just... I have a feeling that if this doesn't... Wor- I just... I feel like there's going to be opportunity for people to criticize further if they don't, like, wrap a lot of this stuff up together. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I... I I agree with you. I think Samoa Joe is probably winning here. I just don't know where it goes from here. And I guess that maybe is what is for the best going into the next year. It's like you want to have an idea, but you don't want to have like the fucking roadmap because then what do you even, you know, like. Yeah. I'm there, you know, Wardlow is one of the options, too. You could run Samoa Joe Wardlow. I, and they did that before for the TNT title. Wardlow beat him. And outside of CM Punk and MJF, no one's beat him since. So. That's an option too. I, 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 I'm not really worried about the next step for Samoa Joe yet because I think there's so many, like we've said before, sharks in AEW that you could fill someone in that slot. You could fill I just Hangman don't want it to be slot. another championship run of just really great title defenses with nothing really going on in it. Like I, you know, I like... would say at Revolution you run Joe and, and Swerve, it, but if we were picking a feud, but I think he will defend it before then, right? If if he were to win the championship. MGF has so many, so many, his hands in so many cookie jars right now, right? That you could easily continue this. But uh, how many of him. those hands are even interested if he's not champion anymore? You know what I mean? Like, that's my right? question. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, we know Wardlow's interested if he's not champion. And I, if those guys had a legit, you know, another match, that would be good. But it's got to be the devil with MJF, right? We have to see that play into it. That's um, why, like, Adam Cole, Jack Perry, Wardlow. Uh, maybe if Sean Spears wasn't just leaving the company, you know, people like that. That's why it has to maybe be someone. That's why the group has to be kind of thin who it could be if they're going to be able to continue this after MJF is to lose the world title because it has to be someone who truly hates Max, like beyond just hating him. They despise yeah. him, you know? And that's why Adam Cole and Jack Perry are the only ones that really like, yeah, they hate him. You know, they they genuinely hate that motherfucker. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. And um, so our final final line: Are you going MJF retains? Uh, no, I I think Samoa Joe probably wins here. Yeah, okay. I, I just don't. I I have no idea where it's going afterward. Like I said, but um, like I, I agree with you that there's a lot of matches that he could have. I just don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think for a story for Joe, and I'm like, and I believe uh, this is the first time since MJF's title reign began that both of us chose he's going to lose it. So I think that let's that should let everyone know that even. If your guys are feeling a certain vibe, so are we. Like, we... <laughs> time, this, this... I am so fucking excited Actually, for that's not true. I mean, not for the world title. We definitely yeah. both picked, picked him losing the... The, Ring of the tag titles, titles at one point. To the but righteous, was, right? Yeah, which I... So, looking back which, now, maybe that was faded by us. Like, I don't know. Like, but we liked this. Yeah, but it was so. two-on-one. And this team was getting a hard push. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that, that one's weird to me still. Um... So, yeah, guys, but, you know, the, another factor for MJF retaining, it's in his hometown. AEW wrestlers in their hometown get, like, fucking plus 10 to their overall, so. Well, if you think about it, too, he's he's wrestled every other title defense, having wrestled the world title, sorry, the world tag team title match in the previous, in the previously in the night, I'm pretty sure, except for maybe the exception of one pay-per-view, I think, where they didn't do that, so... 
pretty much every other title defense the guy has had, he's been not at 100%. But he's yeah. still not going to be at 100% because he's been getting beat up. So it's like... If this, oh, dude, if he comes Please out, tell me fucking, we're not getting another fucking dude, he can't wrestle match in a row. That would be, if he comes oh, out fucking hobbling or oh breaks my. out of a goddamn ambulance and beats Samoa Joe tonight is going to be scathing. It's going to be fucking dude. It, that, it, it's going to be hot. It is going to be hot in here tonight. Oh, if that happens, 100% chance he gets attacked by the devil backstage before the match, though. There's no chance. And if that happens, it. Samoa Joe has to win. Fucking absolute must. There is no way around it. If MJF yeah, gets- that's how you end the show. He walks away like smugly with the championship, maybe talks some shit to the camera, walks out of the ring, lights go out, the devil fucking comes in, and then they reveal who it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boom. By God, it's Ryan Nemeth. You know? Yeah. That so- would be. By God, it's Peter Avalon. Yeah, dude. That'll be Satnam Singh 2.0. And uh, even though Satin I like Singh is the devil, now that would be comedy. It's Jeff Jarrett. Oh no! <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, that'll be it for us, guys. Um, if you enjoyed hanging out on, pro- on the pre-show, man, you know, maybe maybe zero. Oh my god, the devil is Goldberg. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, hey, man, I'm I'm fucking feeling some wrestling. I hope you I hope you enjoyed today. We'll be back for the post-show where uh, it's Goldberg be- versus Sting retirement match. Oh, it's going to be one hell of a night. So, um, thanks again, and hope to Wait, see I was joking with that. If they actually could, I'm not sure if they're friends or not. If that could happen, they might actually, if they're both old, they might actually not have a terrible match. Goldberg was just in the news talking about how much he uh, he loves Sting and, and how he wished, you know. Yeah, keep an eye on that. It could be. Could be. So, thanks, everyone. We'll catch you tonight. Peace!